Welcome to the first annual. No, take that back. All right. <laughs> That's staying in. Um, ah! <laughs> All right. Welcome. This is fun. This is fun. All right. Welcome to the first. <laughs> this is going to be fun. All right. Welcome to the first inaugural IEA Global Podcast episode. I'm super excited to be here. I have absolutely incredible people on here, and we're going to do something absolutely amazing. So we're starting off with a phenomenal group of people. I'm an IEA board member, um, and I'm excited to start this with some of the most incredible people that I know who are doing podcasting, who are living life, who are doing a lot of inner work um, and doing wonderful things in the community. So I'm super excited to bring on these amazing, amazing individuals. So I want to let them introduce themselves because they're just that amazing. So first, I'm going to hand it off to <laughs> Sarah Jane. Please introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi, um, I'm Sarah Jane Case. I host the Enneagram and Coffee podcast. I have an Instagram account called Sarah Jane Case where we talk all things Enneagram. And I do a lot of Enneagram and entrepreneurship coaching and wrote two books, The Honest Enneagram and The Enneagram Letters. Hey, absolutely incredible. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah Jane. Next up, Mickey, please introduce yourself. My name is Mickey Scott Bay Jones, and I'm a certified Enneagram teacher and coach and a transformative coach. Um, I do a lot of different things, but uh, you can find me on all the socials. Uh, best places to go through my website, which is my name, because I'm the only Mickey Scott Bay Jones that exists in the world. And um, I love talking all things transformation connection and enneagram of course awesome awesome thank you mickey i can't wait to get this episode seth please introduce yourself my name is seth creekmore but most people especially in the enneagram community call me creek um, because i have friends in the enneagram community that are named seth and they get to take that title and i need to be unique so you can call me creek and um <laughs> here we are i do i do a lot like, I mean, this is the common theme of those on this call. I'm, I'm still surprised that we all found a date that worked. Um, so I do a podcast called Fathoms and Enneagram Podcast with Lindsay Mark, Seth Abram, Andrew Mosier, wonderful people in their own right. Um, and I also do a podcast with Mario Sicoria and Maria Jose Munita called Awareness to Action Enneagram Podcast, both I think they're great podcasts. And I guess fun fact about me is I spent the night on uh, the Great Wall of China. <laughs> That's fun. Last, last okay. night. <clears throat> yeah, bribes <laughs> may or may not have been exchanged. But moving on, um, Milton, <laughs> yes. who are you? That's a good question. Who am I? Um, I'm Milton Stewart, host of Do It For The Gram Enneagram podcast, facilitator, trainer, teacher of the Enneagram. I love that. Um, I do that. And also, like I said before, IEA Global Board member. So I'm super excited to be here. That's a little bit about me. But as we get into this, I'm really fascinated. So just to let listeners know, like this being the very first episode, it's exciting. Like our type, well, my type structure has shown a little bit already. Most people don't know, but I showed up to the to this 30 minutes late by mistake because it was on my calendar wrong. <laughs> and so now I'm trying to get my head together as we're getting started. And I'm like slightly like, OK, let me get ready. Let me get ready. Um, and they've been all the other hosts of him have been gracious enough to allow me the space. So I'm thankful for you all in the time that you have uh, in the space that you've given me <laughs> in my tardiness. of being here. <laughs> 
Hamilton, I can't judge you because one time I was supposed to do something for you or like do a panel. And I was like, I actually am on a plane. I didn't realize that like during this exact time slot, I am on a plane. I booked myself on a plane and on a panel. So I, I cannot judge you. Oh my gosh. I, I was I, owed one, honestly. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I appreciate that. I do. I have a question for everyone. Let's start with uh, your Enneagram orange origin story. Um, what's the, what's your, what's your dark and sordid past that led you to the, <laughs> Hey, well. we're going there. It was, uh, it was a dark night, uh, very cloudy. It's about 52 degrees. No <laughs> Celsius or Fahrenheit. <laughs> uh, Mickey, I would love for you to share how oh. the Enneagram found you. I just you got voluntold. Okay. So like many people, I came to the Enneagram through uh, progressive Christianity. We can back up through um, (laughs) deconstruction and like leaving conservative Christianity. And then you're like at a festival with progressive Christians. They're like, have you heard of the Enneagram? And you're like, no. And they're like, oh my God, you totally an eight. You know, (laughs) like, what are they talking about? Right. That's. So many of us have eight been there. out of what? Eight <laughs> out of what? <laughs> no, like how many numbers are we talking? Um, am I being judged right now? What's happening? So, um, yeah, so it was probably first in those communities. And then um, as one does trying to figure out what they believe, you know, most people just read a book. Some of us go to seminary. So I went to seminary <laughs> because... That's, That's a, a cheap, efficient way to uh, figure out your beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so so marketable when it comes to jobs. So <laughs> I was trying to decide between either a master's in public health or, a, you know, master's in intercultural studies in, in a theological degree, and I made the wrong choice. So I went to seminary, and in seminary, they also make you take Enneagram tests as part of your spiritual formation. Um, and so that's where I got even deeper into it, wanting to know more about myself and do that spiritual inner work. And I was mistyped by all my friends um, back then, because of course, they saw a Black woman who was assertive and justice-minded, and she must be an eight! And Gasp. I was... And dear readers, I was in fact not an eight. Um, I (laughs) then later read Richard Rohr talk about the inner critic. And I was like, oh, there's a name for that thing inside my head that tells me I'm constantly wrong. Wow. Mm. Uh, And that sealed the deal. I was very clear. Uh, A lot of type one energy happening inside of my body. So, you know, and for me, it was I learned like there's a like there's a type. And like, I'm not wrong or broken. And because I'm different from other people, I'm not wrong or broken. I just am. And so in that way, the Enneagram saved my life. And so that's why I wanted Mm. to become an Enneagram teacher um, and coach is because I didn't see a lot of people that were, that looked like me and had my life experiences that was an Enneagram teacher and coach. So Mm -hmm. beyond learning it for myself, I wanted to then, um, you know, be a guide for other folks. And so that's what what led me to eventually go on and get training and become certified. Mm -hmm. And also now IEA accredited. So IEA plug. (laughs) Nice. 
Uh, Follow-up question, and this will apply to all of you. Where in your morning routine does your type show up? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't... I, I feel like I don't fit the stereotype. I mean, oh, here's, here's is where it shows up. I feel like I have to get up. Like, some people can just, like, sleep mm. forever and, like, keep turning over. And I will hit the snooze often several times. What's funny is the woman I'm dating is a seven, and she, like, immediately gets up in the morning. She's like, woo! The date started. And I'm like, what? What is Absolutely going on? Not. She is yeah. up. And I'm like <laughs> snoozing a million times. I'm like, I got to get up. And But one, I'm super consistent. I've been walking for like almost four months now. Maybe I am at four months um, every morning. Mm-hmm. And I do it every single morning. It's a commitment I've made to myself. And then two, um, I do feel like I have to get up and get going because that's what you're supposed to do during the day. Like that's mm-hmm. for what sure. good good people do yeah. is get up in the morning. So that's probably where it shows up. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jane? Um, yeah. So I found the Enneagram very similarly. Like someone who was deconstructing even like told me like my partner and I at the time were talking about ourselves and they were like, have you found the Enneagram? And I think probably just heard our type structures, you know, and we took the test. He typed as a seven. I typed as a two. I loved being a two. I was like, I am so selfless. You need to take care of me. You need to like, just watch out for like not taking advantage of me. And my husband was like, he was like, well, let's just keep looking. Because <laughs> that is not my problem. That. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but he typed as a seven, he's a four. I read the description of seven and was like, someone has written my journal down. Someone has followed me around and they have written out my life. And I didn't know how the Enneagram worked. So I thought, man, I wish that was my type because that makes sense for me. And then I moved on and tried to find my type for like two more years. And eventually obviously came back to seven when I understood the Enneagram more. Yeah, I was a coach at the time. I was doing burnout prevention and recovery coaching and learning that Enneagram types of my clients became incredibly useful because we would spend months trying to figure out why they were burning out and we could use the Enneagram, the language to understand how we were getting there faster. And so then I was like, I should get certified in this. I'm really wanting to work with it. So I went that path and got certified and then started Enneagram and Coffee as an Instagram account and it grew really fast. And I it went yeah, full time really quickly. <laughs> yeah, in like three yeah. days. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And my morning routine, I do exactly, Mickey, what your partner does. I wake up annoyingly cheerful, like 6.30 Even in the morning. Oh, <gasps> not to me. I think I'm a okay, delight. Okay. All right, all um, right. <laughs> but I'm like singing. I'm like, today is a new day. Everybody wake up. <laughs> um And I have a three hour long morning routine. It's luxurious. I do, I, the out of character trait is that I do the same thing every day, but I start every day just steeped in nourishment. Wow. I love that. I know. Mm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, similar in a way (laughs) to Sarah J and Mickey, I was at a devotional, uh, stuffing my face full of food. (laughs) <laughs> and um, at the time, our young adult minister, he was like, hey, y'all want to try a personality test? I was like, yeah, I love these things, right? So he, he took out the big blue book, you know, the wisdom of Enneagram, as most people know. We did the two-question test, you know, in that book, and all of us, right? So 
I get my two letter numbers right, my letters right or whatever, on the first try. And he's reading the first two paragraphs. And I'm like, of course this is me. Duh, this is great. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling good about myself. <laughs> and then the next two paragraphs was all the stuff people don't know that are like struggles and challenges for you. And I was like, oh, dang, inside. And then I was like, outside, I was like, I don't know, yeah. I, I'm going to have to look more into this. But I was like, I'm being called out right now. Oh, my goodness. So, so that really grabbed me. And from that point, I don't know, that was double digit years ago. From that point, it, it, like I just grabbed every book and every listen to probably the one or two podcasts that were out then <laughs> when I found out. I mean, it was like it wasn't as much nowhere near what we have now uh, mm -hmm. for people. But and so I just gravitated to that. Uh, eventually started typing people incorrectly when you get, you know, at the beginning, <laughs> you get really excited and you're like, I know what type you are. You it's have obligatory. No clue. Right. You, you have, have no to. clue. No clue, right? And I worked in education at the time. And uh, after a while, just studying, doing inner work, you know, I just grew. I learned more, started, did, started doing my podcast. Um, and even through my podcast, you hear the growth in myself. And I grew so much doing my own podcast, right? So um, it's a gift. Uh, it's, it's been a, a huge blessing for me. And as far as like morning routines, I think one of the things is like, my thing is my mind races. Um, I, like I, I'm kind of... Part of me is similar to Mickey in the way I don't have an alarm clock. I can wake up like mentally when I want to. I can kind of choose that. It's kind of cool. But at the same time, it's like I have 30 things in my mind of what to do next. And I'm like, oh, what, what do I do? What do I do? So I may just chill in the bed and like go through emails or do some. So, you know, there has been different periods of like consistency, like Sarah Jane, where it's like I do the same thing every single day. I got my routine down. And then there's moments because, say, for instance, I start a new business all of a sudden, like someone crazy man. You know what I'm saying? Like I haven't done that in the last couple of months. What are you talking about? I just start a new business on top of my other business, whatever. Anyway, so so that comes with a new list of, you know, duties and tasks. So that's probably been lately have wake woken up in some of my seven is just thinking about all the things that I can do or I have to do so-called or whatever so you know that, that's that's probably me overall yeah love that mm -hmm. awesome Creek, bring uh, us in yeah well I accepted the Enneagram into my heart um, <laughs> That line always kills. I don't know. I like it's that. Just, it, it works. Um, <laughs> it was probably a good uh, nine, ten years ago, something like that. But didn't really get into it, into it until I don't know, probably six years ago. It arrived at a point in my life where it's like I really needed some level of stability and knowledge about. How does life work? Yeah, so when my friends, actually Seth Abram, who I am on the podcast with, um, he introduced it to me and then that's all we ever talked about. And uh, yeah, then just kind of kept going with it. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm a part of two podcasts and uh, just deeply into this community that I never <laughs> expected to be in. Um, and it's wonderful for the most part. Um, but... Yeah, I would say morning routine. I would say if, if most people saw what I did in my morning routine, I'm not sure they would see fourness as much because it's, it is very, I mean, in some ways it's reaching towards that one. It's just, I know structure is going to give me the resilience I need to deal with the intense emotions I'm going to have that day. And so it's, it's uh, waking up and meditating, doing breath work, cold plunge, working out and then maybe where the fourth thing 
like pops in is when I make like my really, really expensive coffee. Um, that, that is just really special stuff. And then I go on with my day. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Does that does that does that, that count? I mean, that whole thing sounds like a very four morning. Okay. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I maybe there's just this feeling that I get from a lot of people that like you're supposed to be doing like painting as soon as you get up. No, as a four. It's like, that no, whole I, scenario. That, exactly. Yeah. Something I wanted to add because I didn't at the beginning because like I told everybody you know I was like thirty minutes late to our own you know recording <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Something that we're we're starting this podcast and it has a lot of different meanings. Like one thing we want to provide a unique value to listeners, to IEA members and Enneagram members in general. We want to diversify the audience way more than the general audience that uh, the IEA typically has. And so we want to reach out more. We want to connect more and we want to connect to a global audience. Mm -hmm. And so throughout this podcast, it's going to be different hosts and different people interchangeably and different amazing gifts that we're going to offer because we want to be able to give more benefits to not only members, but people in the world. And it's this wonderful tool that can help us overcome our ego and actually unite us in our humanity. That's a powerful thing that we have. And if we can keep doing the work, because it is tough, even in our community, something that you said, Seth, for, you said for the most part, like you said that, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there are some things, right? If we can, Absolutely. But if we can keep doing that work, you know what I'm saying, on like, working to soften and working to not be so egoic in our way. Oh my goodness, we can truly be transformative. And I know that's what everyone on this call wants and people on the future on these episodes. So that's one of the unique offerings that we wanted to do by creating this podcast. So I just wanted to share that because at the beginning, I know I did not say that. In my head, I'm thinking to myself, they like, what are they doing right now? So I wanted to share that because I think it's just important. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's our next... I think the the younger folks coming up, the the next generation of Enneagram leaders, are just. You mean us? Uh, I mean, I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. I think it's just we're 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 tired of seeing division everywhere we look, mm-hmm. and I think true change only happens when the friction of not doing something is greater than the friction of doing something, and I think that's where we're that's where we're headed. I think we're what we're trying to do now, what we're trying to do moving forward. And uh, yeah, just echoing what you're saying, Milton, basically. Creek, that's a great segue into our next portion of hey. the podcast. It's Good almost job. like I do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they pay you to do podcasts? What? So <laughs> I've heard these rumors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are rumors. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, I have had the pleasure of being at an IEA conference. Milton has as well. I think that's where we met Milton was the IEA oh, conference. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a story. I Oh, so many stories. We So, so many. <laughs> we'll save them for later. <laughs> off, so off, many. Off the podcast. We'll save it for later. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, and... Sarah Jane and Creek, this will be your first time in person mm-hmm. at an IEA conference. Yeah. Um, and I hope you're ready. I mean, if you, <laughs> not, <laughs> I, I listen, I know I should be talking about the conference overall and we will talk about the conference overall. Like we're going to get into the theme and then like the things about that, but like you get to see all these teachers with their <laughs> types on full display, especially <laughs> in the after hours sessions 
which I was looking at the um, at the schedule, and there's going to be a, a very interesting after-hours session, not just the dance party, which to me is worth the price of a mission on its own. <laughs> the dance party. Mickey, oh, yes, man. it is. Milton knows. Uh, I Should had we a, just end the podcast here? And like, uh, that's, that's our pitch to well, everyone right. to come. Like, yeah. Let me just tell you, uh, and Milton will tell you, I, I had an outfit change. Oh, okay. Was it a quick change? Like a. It, no, it was a straight up Beyonce tearing the floor up change. Like, I kid you not. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I'm serious. Like, I can't even explain to you how strong the wardrobe change was. And not only that, next was the it's performance. So it was, it was a, a, a wardrobe change and a performance on top of it. It was a concert. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I mean, also Helen Palmer was on the dance floor. I mean, it's it's a sight to behold. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So it was, you know, you get the old school teachers on the dance floor with some of us, you know, youngins, quote unquote. So <laughs> it, it's very interesting space. And I, there's also like a after dark conversation around sex in the Enneagram this year. So I'm like, okay, let's go. We're going to bring it. But you know, like what we were just talking about with the, what is the theme? Unite and ignite, right? Am I right? Unite and ignite. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all the changes that are happening in the world, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is always happening, right? Every generation is like, the world is changing. But like, yeah, <laughs> that's how it works. That's like how time works, everybody. <laughs> but we're at, we are, I think, in a particular time where we're, we, we can make choices, about how we pursue something like unity. There isn't just one way to pursue unity, right? There are there are people that would have us all assimilate, that would have mm-hmm. us be the same and would make things so innovation is not a part of our next evolution together, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have choices to make around what we're going to do to try and have unity together as an Enneagram community, as teachers, as coaches, as people who want to transform the world that I think goes into what we're igniting in ourselves individually. What are we trying to do, um, you know, in our communities, in the world, in our countries, you know, in the U S we're coming up on another presidential election very soon. Uh, I think we're about to come up on the three year anniversary of George Floyd's murder. Like we are at a time where people are having conversations and are faced with things in ways that the last generation wasn't. You know, every generation has its thing and we have our thing right now. We are Mm -hmm. on the precipice. And so I'm not saying that this conference itself will change everything, but do we have, are we in a moment where we're having conversations that we haven't had before in these kinds of spiritual, personal development type communities? I think so. So I'm excited to see what conversations are had both in the hallways and in some of these rooms, right? Like, are we going to be brave enough to, to have some hard conversations in, in the room, in these conference sessions, or are we just going to like, just have another conference, right? I think it's a, I think this is an exciting time. What do y'all think? I've been thinking a lot about um, like my past Christian life, you know, the whole like love your neighbor thing. And also thinking about the concept of like be in the world, but not of the world. And how can those two things coexist? Because 
in my opinion, right, to love your neighbor or to love someone, you have to be influenced by them. You have to let mm-hmm. them change you and impact you. And so if you're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world, right, you don't let the world impact you, how can you love them, mm-hmm. right? So with that being said, you know, I think as someone who seeks to be an ally or seeks to uplift voices of people that are marginalized, like I have to listen and I have to be available to learn and be influenced. And I think hopefully Unite for me, right, as like a cis white woman looks like listening and it looks like being available and being influenced as more, Mm. as much as I love to speak and as much as I love to talk. I more so am like, how can I pay attention? How can I listen? And I think with the concept of the Enneagram community changing, I think about when I first came into the Enneagram community and how I had to ask people, where are the people of color? Like, how can I find people of color who are teaching this? And I got some answers, thankfully, but now most of the people I follow are people Mm. of color. Like most of the teachers that I follow on Instagram are people of color. So that's really exciting. But I think there's a long way to go in terms of uniting not only generations as well as like how, you know, how does social media generation match the older generation of how we taught the Enneagram and, and how that works. And yeah, I think there's a lot to learn. This theme, I was a heavy proponent. I'm on the conference team. And this is one reason why this conference is going to be fire <laughs> because you mess around and put a seven on a conference team and that joke is going to be amazing. But 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 besides that, uh, this was this was part of um, a group collective brainchild of Unite and Ignite because there's so many ways in which the pandemic, everything that happened with the pandemic, Mickey, you mentioned in George Floyd and so many more names we can mention um, and so many worldwide things. We even talking about, you know, what's going on in like Ukraine and Russia. Like it's just so mm-hmm. much stuff happening in the world and so much division, as you mentioned, Creek earlier. And so looking to how can we actually find a way, because we have a tool, a system, a personality test, a journey, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's called many different things to many different people that does unite us. Right. And how can we actually use this tool, the Enneagram, to actually allow it to connect our humanness Mm. to deconstruct some deconstruct or work through our egoic tendencies that make us feel like we're superhuman or better than someone else or inferior Mm. to someone else, depending on your, you know, structure. You know, how do we use that to bring us together and ignite? Because this is one of the most powerful things. And I've honestly, I've been on fire about this a lot lately, more than anything. It's really interesting. But the liberation piece of the Enneagram, right? The ability for it to liberate us from the ways that we divide ourselves and divide other people and like things, Mm -hmm. it is powerful. And so how do we ignite the way that we all have a connection to the Enneagram to actually do that liberation work in our communities and for the world? Right. Mm. And I love how Sarah Jane, you mentioned there's so many different degrees of uniting right around. Right. It's so many different degrees of diversity. Right. We have Mm -hmm. as being on the board, we have to think about the global diversity we have as well, right? So there's this diversity in like even languages, even how people do certain things, just constantly opening our lens of awareness to put new stuff in, right? Mm -hmm. It's constantly, right? How can I put something new in so I can learn and my perspective shifts a little bit more. It's like, oh, oh, oh. Mm. You know, because one of the things I think that's 
so important for us to understand. Whenever we lack awareness in a certain area, and we all got <laughs> awareness lacks in certain areas because we just haven't experienced things. Whenever we lack awareness there, it can make us inconsiderate of certain people in certain ways. And so we have to be open to, you know, really perceiving, being humble in our work and like, oh, that's new. Didn't Never saw things that way. That's new. And so I think the more that we um, are able to be humble in our inner work so that we can unite, it allows us to ignite because, I mean, I hate seeing human suffering. Like, it it pains me to see yeah. people with human suffering. And when mm-hmm. I think of that, when I say human suffering, a lot of times, I mean just us stuck in our patterns, but in, mm-hmm. like, the very unhealthy way. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's sickening to watch, you know, people you love and other communities, like, man, you could be liberated from that. Like, I got some tools that can help you help you, right? Mm-hmm. So... I just wanted to share that because that's just something that's very uh, I'm passionate about. And I know this tool we have that has found us, that we found, or whatever, mm-hmm. it can do amazing things. And I know it's done amazing things for people, all you you three, I know for sure. Yeah. So I want us to really be able to really be able to get that out to the world and us come together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's some powerful things when you can truly, and like what Mickey was saying, the first conference, that was one of the few places I found that I could really relax and like really be myself around like a group of people. I mean, it was a small group mm. of us that I'm talking about specifically, but it was still a big enough container for enough of it so that it was like, whoo, I can bring all of me out and I'm okay. What? So, yeah. I really love that. And that. Not meaning to plug my own podcast, but right now we're going through the, the season theme is uh, dynamics of personhood and how we're, we're going through not the entirety of all the labels we put on ourselves, right? Uh, or that are put on us, but it's addressing some of them and, and complexifying them to the point of deeply honoring how complicated it is to be human and also highlighting the ways in which those labels limit us. And, and control us in certain ways. And so the thing that we, we've kind of filtered this, this idea through uh, individuality, mutuality, and unity. And the thing that we keep coming back to is we have to do the individual and the mutual work first before unity can actually arise. And what unity is, and I think this is a Richard Rohr quote, um, unity is diversity maintained and protected by love. And I think that's, that's the thing that can we be brave enough as a collective to, to see the diversity in front of us and not be afraid of that. Unity is not uniformity, um, but it actually informs um, a greater picture of, of who we are and who we can be. So when I think of unity, it's, it's about that integration work. Um, the integration of ourselves, which then allows us to be able to integrate others into our lives and not feel like they are other, right? And then when I think of Ignite, I think of, it. Ignite is kind of like, to me, is action, but it's almost like the idea of action. But So we need to make sure that we have this idea of um, ignition, right? But then are we going to keep burning? Like, are we going to keep doing the, honestly, the non-sexy work of inner work? Yeah. It's hard. It's not fun. I mean, do I enjoy going in the cold plunge every morning? No, I don't. But like, (laughs) it is the thing that creates the resilience in me to continue to love myself deeper and love others deeper. So to me, that's the unity ignite thing. That's, that's where I'm 
coming. That's the angle I'm coming at it from. Love it. I love that you all are saying, like just hearing what you're all saying, it, it reminds me so much of like this space of how much like a shared consciousness can bring change to the world. And I think mm. we're in a season where um, so much is being done in terms of what I think awareness, like showing the mirror, this is what needs to be done and bringing in and unifying and saying like, hey, I want to learn for like what part of us is an eight? What part of us needs to step up and take action? What part of us needs to find justice and fight for justice? What part of us needs to, um, you know, how can we let each Enneagram type influence us in this work of actually taking the action to make change? And I think there is nothing like shared consciousness to really light a flame, like quite literally ignite um, that passion. And I love what you said, like what's the boring work we're going to do after gets to be a fun conversation we take out mm-hmm. yeah. to keep going. Just to add to, so first of all, I'm glad you said shared consciousness. Oh my goodness. The amazing things that have happened in our world, mainly with ancient civilizations, when they have shared consciousness, I mean, mm-hmm. they build stuff like pyramids that we still can't figure out how to build. Mm-hmm. Like there's things that you can do that we can't even fathom with our new tools and technology <laughs> because there's a shared consciousness going on. So I just wanted to harp on that. Yes, I agree. Let's get back to some more shared consciousness. Mm. I'm just yeah. Well, and Milton, you know, we recently did some work with the Enneagram and and diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging stuff with an organization in Chattanooga and uh did a little segment on kind of the idea of creating shared culture and that shared culture really comes from shared language, right? We, I mean, people have known for a very long time that shared language is very powerful. That's why um, when one group is trying to oppress another, one of the first things they do is try and destroy the language and not allow people to speak the same, speak their language together. And, you know, our, we have a language with the Enneagram, right? Mm-hmm. We have, that is one way to create shared language around at least like, who we are and how we understand ourselves and how we might communicate with each other. Like it doesn't shape, it doesn't like, you know, solve everything, but it, it is a way to create a shared language between people, which then allows for potentially a shared culture that doesn't, I think with the Enneagram doesn't require us to give up any other cultures, right? Because the Enneagram doesn't belong to a religion it doesn't belong to an ethnicity or a people group or, you know, yes, we can talk origins all day, where it came from, who the teachers have been, all of those things. But it's essentially super young. The Enneagram of personality, what we're talking about, is a baby, <laughs> like younger than than our legacy teachers, right? So like, mm-hmm. and just barely older than, you know, some of us. So we can do whatever we want. <laughs> Like we literally can just do whatever we want with it, which is super mm-hmm. exciting. So mm-hmm. we can use it to create shared culture. We don't have to give up ourselves to come to it. You know, those of us who have had experiences in religious contexts where it was like, nope, you got to give up everything else. Some of us have been told we had to give up our sexuality, our gender, our race, you know, oh, leave that at the door. You know, you're not no black, no white, whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you don't have to give up any of that stuff of where you come from. Mm-hmm. You are just gaining something with the Enneagram. We're gaining mm-hmm. a way that we talk to each other mm-hmm. um, and can understand each yeah. other. And the parts that aren't that don't work because they are culturally bound to some other culture, we actually can change. 
Like, there's so many of us doing that work right now to say, hey, we get to play with this and expand it, make it more expansive, more full, more representative of who we truly are, right? Instead of Mm -hmm. these one or two people's interpretations of it even. So Mm -hmm. it's super exciting work. And and it's happening in pockets, right? It's happening through conversations like this that are happening that aren't even being recorded, right? Like we don't even know they're happening. And it can happen in spaces like the IEA conference where we a bunch of us get together. Listen, I knew the Enneagram was expansive, but going to the conference and like look, the Egyptians show out. There gonna be some Egyptians there, honey. They will be <laughs> at the conference. They don't play. There are gonna be people from South America. There are gonna be like So you realize very quickly, because some of us have learned the Enneagram in very particular bubbles, and our teachers have all been particular teachers, and you go to a conference, you're like, oh, wait, most of these people Mm -hmm. aren't in, you know, a Southern Baptist church. Like, most of these people Mm -hmm. are, you know, outside of maybe where I learned about the Enneagram. And so immediately, it's like, oh, wait. (laughs) I'm hearing people in the hallway speaking a totally different language. I'm like seeing somebody with a hijab who is an Enneagram teacher. Like you just immediately get that this is way more expansive than the top five books on Amazon, all written by Christian pastors or, you know, somebody with a theological degree. You know, it's it's just, it's very different. Can I rant for a second? Yeah. Rant away. <laughs> okay. No, just <laughs> as you're speaking, it's it just becomes more and more clear to me how important it is to reposition the Enneagram as a tool and not mm-hmm. an identity. I think it can quickly become religious. It yep. can quickly become dogmatic yeah. and fundamentalist. <laughs> and <laughs> if this is... Um, this has not been like, this has been so much more clear to me as we've done this past season on my podcast, because like the amount of, we've intentionally like cultivated this mass diversity of people and you just realize, oh, the Enneagram doesn't work in certain situations because it's still at the stereotypical level. It's when you actually let the person inform how they express their type through their culture, through their neurodiversity, through their race, through their gender, through all the different aspects of being a person, that's when you're like, oh, this makes more sense. And you and the Enneagram actually gives room for you to express yourself as an individual um, instead of limit you, as it often does in, in certain circles. Yeah, you're completely correct. So I want to talk a little bit more about this dance party because I, (laughs) when I thought about being excited for the conference, I was thinking like from like this, like, um, I am evolved place where I'm like, okay, I am never a master. I will always learning, which is true. Like I think every time I go to learn something, like I learn so much and I feel like I have never heard the Enneagram before my life. I'm learning everything, you know, every person who talks about it reveals something new to me and that's thrilling. But I didn't even think about the dance party. I didn't even, (laughs) my brain went to like, what am I going to learn? How am I going to change? But there's costume changes, Mickey. Um, I mean, there can be. Um, (laughs) Right. We should just tell everyone it's required. Yeah, (laughs) it's required. (laughs) 
two outfits, one at, one must sparkle. Um, oh, yes. and I forgot to mention, so if you know who Dr. Egerton is, Dr. E, as we all call her, Mama Dr. E, no justice, no peace. You're talking about you know. the keynote speaker? The keynote speaker. Oh, our keynote. Yes, she's one of our keynotes. She's the opening keynote. Dr. E is married. Um, okay, so if y'all, if I, I'm Star Wars generation, so definitely came up watching Star Wars. Lando Clarissian, suave black dude, just very mm-hmm. coming out, you know, going to defend the galaxy, whatever. I don't even remember much about the character. Uh, but played by <laughs> Billy D. Williams, okay? I swear yep. to God she's married to Billy, B- Billy D. Williams. Her husband is like very suave, lovely man, and just twirls her around the dance floor. So it's like, My you know, Dr. E is very like, you know, proper and when she and she's passionate and spiritual and you know i'm gonna love everyone and you when you hear her talk you're just like yes yes you're so inspired and she knows so much and she's just this presence and then you get to also see her just like i mean i I don't i don't even know what the dances are but these couple dances where they're just boom 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 all it's it's just like, what am yes. I doing with my life if I don't <laughs> dance with someone like that on a dance floor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've uh. been a part of, of two um, IEA, because um, they, they do they do like the global kind. They do global, and then they have like little pocket ones. They did one in Stockholm, and Dr. E's, and a lot a lot of people tore the floor up. They play a lot of ABBA, by the way, um, in Stockholm. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, okay. I mean, I mean, they love it. I mean, it's where they're from, right? right. I mean, they, <laughs> but, but nevertheless, it was... It was it was really good time for the conference, yo. It's we have so much planned for people. I am so excited. So we have in the morning time we have like yoga and meditation for any any and everybody who wants to do it. We have centering type, uh, which is like going to be around. Well, it's going to centering instincts, and we're going to have people with instincts being paneled at different parts of the day, right? And with different teachers, we have floor work, mat work in different classes. We have like deep stuff going into the business element, deep stuff going into the spiritual element, deep stuff going into the sexual element. We have so much happening, and on top of that. There's many times for people to actually engage with each other as well, because that was the balance, right? I know that was one of the things like you want to learn, you want to be stimulated, you want to be enlightened, you know what I'm saying? Be like, ooh, like, you know, especially from the seven list. I'm so stimulated mentally. I'm loving this, right? So we wanted to balance that with also being able to hang out with people that you meet, because that that's the only way me and Mickey know each other. But I've met so many people through the conference that I am still to this day really good friends with. Like we literally, like you said, me and Mickey, we've done work together. We've been in communities with together. So it's a lot of things that you're able to find because you find true community there. That's one of the beauties. And we wanted to be able to have a good time. So I'm just saying there's going to be some gatherings with some really good food and some places that I'll be sending some invitations out to y'all that you're going to see what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) Yes. Go to the the reception. Receptions. There's some receptions planned. The affinity groups. Like, that's how we met. We went to one of these meetups that was like all the BIPOC folks and Dr. Jerome. Yep. And listen, <laughs> we still have a th- we still have a, a, a chat thread. Like, occasionally it'll pop yeah, up. Somebody will say something. It's like, this is what? Three, four years later? We're still hitting each other up. For real. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been to places and seen people in their space doing their amazing things 
in the Enneagram space, and I love it. And so this is one of the best things about it. You start to connect with people you've never connected to before in all these different spaces. It's like, wow. Or maybe you've seen them on IG or you've heard of them and you've seen them from a distance. You was like, look at them. And then you meet them in person like, dang. And then you're friends all of a sudden. It's like, wow. Yeah. Right? It's powerful. It is so powerful, like the ability to have us meet in person and do things. So I'm excited, like as usual, because we have so many good things going on and that we're trying to bring so many more enriching things for people uh, to be a part of, to engage with, to like learn deep about things that, you know, people are taking the Enneagram in some amazing places. Like, I mean, it's fascinating. There's so many I want to go to that I, I'm not going to be able to go to all the ones I want to go to, to be honest, but it's so many, right? Mm-hmm. And just the ability to hang out with y'all. Like, oh, yeah. Se- seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. Mm. <laughs> Are you going to dance with me, Sarah Jane? Are you a dancer? Oh, yes. No? Oh, yeah. I will be yes! right okay. there with you. We, I am down. It might not be good, but it will happen. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> and, and I'm just saying, if Abby's in the building, Abby gets down too. And, and all of you out there who are... Uh, white homeschooled and introverted you can come sit with me in the corner <laughs> um. you can just do the ones with words like you know like cha-cha slide to the right one time <laughs> hop this time it just it's all the words yeah i have like i have dignity to maintain on some level i don't i don't know it's, it'll it's be not, dark enough and there'll be liquor right mm-hmm. exactly it's not all dancing people i it, there are <laughs> conference yeah like we've been talking about dancing for like 10 minutes oh oh oh, but one thing russ hudson is the dj by the way and so Mm -hmm. that's another thing that the teacher russ hudson is the dj and has a global mixtape of songs to play (laughs) and russ only plays the finest songs okay i'm just telling you and when i say the finest songs i mean like the quality of the song he once schooled me that the quality of my streaming of songs was not up to par and it was missing some beats. And I was oh, like, that, oh. fit, that checks out. That that checks out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Apparently. He, was, uh, he was right. He was right. <laughs> he was right. He was right. He played his. And I was like, okay, yeah, that one thump a little better than mine. You, I'm missing some stuff on mine. Okay. I'm missing some stuff. Okay. I'll, I'll admit it. I will uh, bring us out of dancing. I'm sorry. I like. I just really wanted to talk about it, but I can bring us out of the dancing and talk about the the conference itself. And just like I think, if you haven't been to an in person Enneagram event before, if you haven't like given yourself that opportunity, I think it can be absolutely fundamental to your understanding of the Enneagram. I For think sure. it's there's something about being in the room with people that changes you and and really listening to people talk about themselves and their type. It puts life into the numbers, you know? I think for so long I thought like, you know, this is what a four is. This, And then you start to meet, you know, different versions of people and you just, it builds a well-rounded understanding. And, and I think you can't be in a room with tons of people talking about growth and talking about change and talking about their childhood wounds without meeting these things with compassion and without hearing like, here's how, like being changed and Mm. being like you, like we talked about, like being ignited and like wanting to do the work yourself, wanting to bring the work into your life. And yeah, I think I think it's an opportunity that you don't want to miss. So to sum up, you should come. Why we got all four of these people uh, on, on the on the call today. Is this a call? No, this is recorded. Why Whatever. we got every, all four of us on the session today. Like, I think 
what we're also trying to do is really highlight the community that's being built within the Enneagram podcasting space as well. Mm-hmm. So I just want to like pop that up a little bit of like, hey, podcasters, people who listen to podcasts, it's hard for us to connect in this space. And so we want to invite you to the conference and let's let's geek out about podcasting and Enneagram, right? Whether you're a crime junkie or... I, I don't know, um, snap judgment or like you name it, NPR guru, whatever. Let's, let's, let's meet up. Let's meet up there. And we have a gift for all of you that if you sign up with the discount code POD, P-O-D, 23, the numbers, if you enter POD23 at checkout, you will get 10% off of your admission ticket. So um, make sure to follow the IEA feed, follow us all on our Instagrams and our podcasts and all the other places. You can find all that in the show notes and we hope to see you there.